I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 39. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. From the time I was a little girl, I loved to sing, and I especially loved to sing songs about Jesus. And one of my favorites, This Little Light of Mine. I could sing it over and over again, as I'm sure my grandparents could testify. And what's a rousing rendition of This Little Light of Mine without the hand motions? Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Well, both this fun childhood melody and this week's song, Start a Fire by Unspoken, lead us straight to Scripture. Now, if you've been a listener of this podcast for any period of time, I'm sure that you know I am not a reviewer of the music. I really just use it as a tool to inspire us to dig around in scripture each week. However, I do tend to watch the videos. I listen to um, interviews or read interviews with the artists who wrote and performed the songs. I just like to do that as part of kind of my research to see what verses they are using that inspire them in these songs. But sometimes, again, they're just for my overall inspiration, understanding of the song. Because, you know, sometimes I go in a completely different direction than the artist even said in their interview. But this week, I am going to follow the lead of the artists and highlight the scriptures that inspired some of the specific lyrics of this song. But before we go there, I do have to make mention of the music video. I love video. I'm inspired by the visual, um, especially when it's linked with music. You know, an epic soundtrack behind a poignant story, and you have got me hooked. And many times, however, the videos I link to that these artists are putting out are often typography-style lyric videos or sometimes just a basic music video where the artist is performing the song but not necessarily trying to tell a story through the video. But this week's video actually seeks to tell a story. Of course, there is the the clip of them kind of playing as a band, but I will go ahead and link to the video in the show notes. I always do, so you can check it out for yourself. But it shows the lead singer heading into work. 
He actually works at a Euro place, and day after day, he's putting on his apron until one day he puts the apron down, walks out in a Pied Piper sort of way, walks down the street, gathering up band members on his way. And I like what they're trying to do here because I know some of you listening are being called into a new place in your walk with Jesus. And so you're kind of doing the same thing over and over, but you know you hear that voice in your head calling you to a new place, and it's time to put the apron down and move on. You know, maybe it's just a deeper spiritual place. Maybe it's an actual new physical place, a new job or a new calling or a new city. Unfortunately, the story being told through the video is not what the rest of you need or rest of us need, because some of us just need to let our light shine right where we are. And I get what they're saying. For them, God called them to let their light shine through their music. And so working in a Euro place for someone who's been called to music is not the right place. But uh, God, you know, God called them and he challenged them to leave the place that they were to start to follow his lead. And, And he might be doing the same for you. But again, that challenge, um, whether it's in the Euro shop, in the classroom, in the home, in your marriage, in your current job, in your church, in your school, and in your community, the current challenge is to let our light shine where we are. And we don't have to look far to find out exactly what Scripture says about letting our light shine. There's no better place in Scripture than the red letters of Jesus when he tells us word for word, just like the song to let your light shine. So in Matthew chapter 5, you will find the famous Sermon on the Mount. And the timing of this sermon by Jesus seems to be early in his ministry, but after his fame began to spread. And the way that I know this is because I read it in context. I went ahead and read the verses right before these uh, focus verses that we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 5. But in Matthew chapter 4, Scripture tells us that Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Now, the reason I read you these verses, first of all, is to remind you when you're reading in Scripture, you've got to understand the context, but also to point out what I saw when I read these verses. Um, If human nature has not changed in the last 2,000 years, and I don't believe that it has, the reason that Jesus' fame spread was less to do with his amazing teaching and more probably to do with his healing. And again, God's word says that they brought him all of the sick and he healed them. It did not say they brought him the confused and the academic and the debate team and the politicians. No, I mean, Jesus's fame spread because he healed people. They were sick and dying and miserable physically, and he healed them. Jesus met their practical needs. And as a side note, these were their felt needs. Their real needs were spiritual ones. But oftentimes we don't have access to the real needs of others until they're felt needs are taken care of. But I digress. So let's, if you read the first verse of Matthew chapter five, where we're going to find our verses about letting our light shine. If you read the first verses, you see that when Jesus saw the crowds of people kind of coming to be healed, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Now don't skim over this. 
Because it was not the crowds of the people that were sick that he was teaching here. It was a group of his disciples. So what is a disciple? Well, the word disciple refers to a student or an apprentice. So disciples in Jesus's day would actually follow the rabbi, which means teacher, wherever he went. They would learn from his teaching, being trained to do as the rabbi did. So basically, a disciple is a follower, and becoming a disciple of Jesus is as simple as obeying his call to follow him. So we too, if we are seeking to to uh, emulate him and go where he went, so to speak, and do what he did, we would be followers or disciples. Now, these are not just the 12. So there were, there are other areas of scripture that point out 12 specific disciples that were kind of his inner circle, but the, he had hundreds of followers of disciples. And so this was probably a crowd of hundreds or more. And again, people who were following him around, he was kind of had his little entourage and he sat down to teach them. Now, the reason I make this distinction is because it changes how you read that sermon depending upon who the audience is. So if you are a disciple of Christ or a follower of Christ, someone who has surrendered your own will freely to take on the direction and purpose he has for you, then this message is for you. And the difference between the crowds and the disciples is that the crowds wanted something from Jesus to make their physical lives better. And I'm sure for some, it did lead them to a place where they desired to follow. But the disciples, this is where a disciple wants to be. He wants to be at the feet of the teacher and soaking up his wisdom and direction. And then verse 2 says, I love this part. It says, and he opened his mouth and taught them. And it kind of reminds me of the line from an old Saturday Night Life sketch that we used to do when it says, opened his mouth as opposed to, well, I suppose, as opposed to teaching them through his actions. So what comes next are what are known as the Beatitudes. And it's all of the blessed are verses. And I'm not going to read them here on this podcast today, but I encourage you to explore them on your own. And then right after the Beatitudes is a section titled Salt and Light, and it leads us to where we kind of left off with our song. At this point in Jesus' teaching to his disciples, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people set a lamp or light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Now, just like my light, uh, just like my song, this little light of mine, my childhood song, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let my life shine. And we don't want to be closet Christians, those that are in hiding. Um, when I was a teenager, I once heard a question that always has stuck with me ever since. If you were arrested and tried for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Hide it under a bushel? No. Or as our song says, am I going to hide forever? Right where you are, let your light shine. Is your light shining to your kids? Is your light shining on your spouse? Are those closest to you seeing your good works and giving glory to your Father in heaven? 
I'm feeling convicted even as I ask you these questions. I take for granted those closest to me all the time. It's like I'm, it's almost like I'm thinking, oh, they know I love Jesus. And I've told you before, I'm a, I'm a pretty driven and high capacity person. I mean, I could go to work and never really talk to any, anyone about anything except work. I have the capacity to blow past people and not see their needs and then just and let my light shine. And again, I work at a Christian school, so they know I love Jesus, right? No, I don't need to go anywhere else or do anything else for God to start a fire in me. Now, the verse implies that there are many lights uh, when it says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so all of our lights should shine so brightly that collectively we are like a city on a hill shining so brightly that the world can see the light in us and then not praise us, but God himself, the giver of life and light, the very light of the world. And there may be some of you listening saying, yeah, but I don't work at a Christian school. I have to be more careful where I work. Or perhaps your family members and those closest to you don't want to see or hear about your light. Well, I think it's appropriate then to read these verses in context. You knew that's where I was going, right? So we're in verses 14 through 16 of Matthew chapter 5, but just up in verses 10 and 12, 10, 11, and 12, Jesus tells us that we are blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness and blessed when others hate us and say all manner of nasty, false things about us because of Jesus. Letting your light shine is not without cost. But letting your light shine is not without reward either. And verse 12 reminds us that our reward in heaven is great. And I'm talking from the perspective of an American here. You know, where letting our light shine might get us teased or cost us a relationship with our own family, maybe losing our job or some other economic persecution. But there are places in this world where it can cost you your life. There are still places where it means torture and all manner of pain. And I was reading I was reading a blog the other day about the persecuted believers around the world and they had this link where you could click on the link that offered guidance on how to pray for these persecuted believers and that is where I read this and it said, "Don't pray for our persecution to end. Please pray that we will be obedient through our suffering." What? Now that is letting your light shine. Because when I read the Beatitudes in the Amplified Version, I see a deeper understanding of blessed. It says blessed. Or in the Amplified Version, when it wants to kind of expound on a point, it'll put it in parentheses. So after blessed is the parentheses happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of your outward conditions. Now, this applies to all of the blessed verses found in the Beatitudes. If we could come to really understand this and then embrace this for our lives, I think it would be natural for us to let our light shine where we are, where we're being led next, and despite any negative outcomes.
One of my favorite things in Christian music is when the exact text of Scripture is reflected in the lyrics of the song. Then we are truly hiding God's Word in our heart when we sing it. And we've already seen one exact phrase in this song with, Let your light shine. And the next phrase that they quote specifically from um, Scripture is, Fan the flame. And Scripture specifically says, Fan into flame when Paul is writing Timothy in Second uh, Timothy. And Paul is Timothy's mentor. And in fact, this is Paul's last known letter. He's in prison. And this time it's not a house arrest. It is a dungeon. And these are his last words to Timothy. And he eloquently opens the letter with sincere love for Timothy. And after remembering the foundation of Timothy's sincere faith, he says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Fan into flame. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And it says, in the Amplified Version, it actually says, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning. And again, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, therefore fan the flame of your gift. Paul's saying, I'm reminded of the legacy of your mother and your grandmother, therefore fan the flame of your gift. Paul is telling him, I remember your tears the last time we were together, therefore Fan the flame of your gift. I long to see you in person. Therefore, fan the flame of your gift. Don't be ashamed of the gospel message. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Fan the flame. Have you ever done that? He's using a metaphor here, and it would be a good idea, really, to think about that for a moment. If there is but a small ember, a tiny spark, with just a little air, the slightest fanning of the flame, that spark can reignite a blaze. If you just have a a little bit of fresh wood in there and you blow on that tiny ember, that blaze can be reignited and provide light and heat and it can be fanned into flame. I'm reminded of what we learned about in Gide- about Gideon uh, in episode 31. I'm not sure if you listened to it, but we talked about Gideon and the angel of the Lord told Gideon, go with the strength you have, which implies that God has already placed in Gideon that which he needs in this very season of his life. Go with the strength you have. And my challenge to you is that God has placed in you the gifts that he wants to call out of you now. But you've got to fan the flame. If the embers have kind of um, gone low, if the, if the, the licks of the, the flames are not showing in your life right now, but maybe they're just a small, tiny ember, there's enough there. There is to kind of fan into flame the gift that God has placed in you already. So how do you practically do that? 
Well, I'd say we go back to Second Timothy and see what Paul's direct advice to Timothy was. It's as good a place to start as any. In verse 7, right after our memory verse, reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So I think we should start there. Power, love, self-discipline. We access those things in our lives that are there because of the Holy Spirit. They are fruit of the Spirit that lives within us. It will take effort to fan the flame. And courage. Because the next step Paul gave to Timothy is to tell others about Jesus. And then in verse 13, Paul tells Timothy to follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. Now, lucky for us, we have a lot of that teaching written down. The very words that Paul taught Timothy, he wrote down in letters to other churches. And so the teaching and the teaching of the other apostles are all written down. It's called the Bible. And we can read it anytime we want in any version. We can listen to it for free on our smartphones and read books about it and hear sermons describing it and follow podcasters talking about it. We have that. So now we just, we've got the pattern. Now we just need to follow the pattern. And when mentoring some young believers once, they were kind of getting bogged down in in some of the parts of Scripture that they didn't understand. And maybe that's where you are as well. And I reminded them that there was enough in there that they did understand to try and go ahead and master that first. Follow those commands that you get and then worry about the parts that are a little fuzzy later. So follow the pattern. Then Paul goes on to basically say, learn it, live it, and then teach it to others. I often say, the seed I've received, I will sow. And I, I know you're surprised, but that came from a song lyric. And it's true. If you've learned anything new, learn something new, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to share it with other people. Receive a seed, sow it into someone else. Fan the flame. Power, love, self-discipline, courage, sharing, following the pattern, sowing into the lives of others. That is how you fan the flame. So what's next? Well, lucky for you this week, I only bounced to two different places in scripture. So choose one or both and spend some time in God's word. Spend some time in Matthew chapters five through seven and study the Sermon on the Mount. That's right. The Sermon on the Mount is five, six, and seven of, of, of Matthew. Meditate on our focus area and determine if you're letting your light shine. Maybe journal a little about that. And if your light seems to be more of an ember these days, hop on over to 2 Timothy and learn from Peter's last letter to Timothy on how to fan into flame the gifts that God has already placed in you. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. My public page is Michelle L. Nizat. Let's talk about what you're learning or leave a comment on this week's show notes. MichelleNizat.com forward slash 39. Just a few quick announcements before I leave. I really appreciate all of you who listen more than words can describe. And so I want to thank you in advance for taking the time to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. And then while you're there, would you leave a star rating and a written review? Potential listeners read the reviews. They note how recent they are. It gives me credibility. Plus, it really warms my heart, as did Mary Lou from Mobile's review this week. She said, once a week is not enough. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So thanks again so much, Mary Lou. I really appreciate it.
And then keeping God's word front and center in your mind every day is really important. So as you're in a section of scripture and spending time there, go ahead and underline key verses that jump out at you and then review them regularly. And so to help you do that, one of the verses that jumped out at me came out of 2 Timothy chapter 1 this week. So I've created free memory verse resources to help you with that. And you can get this week's free memory verse resource at michellekneesat.com. And on the right-hand side, if you'll just give me your email, I will email it right to you. And I'll email you every week the new memory verse resource. It is my gift to you to thank you for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will feature King of My Heart by Love and the Outcome. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy with just one click. You can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 39. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.